0: the good news is finally here friends listen to me this is serious business the world is today is jesus the bible says in john 3:16 that for god so loved the world And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, and we are with Lamb Lion Ministry. We're excited to be here for today's program, and thank you for joining us as we're going to be talking about worthless vines. So we encourage you to stay tuned to today's program. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this
1: opportunity to study your word. As we go through Ezekiel, Lord, you've been opening up new understandings about who you are and, uh, Lord, helping us grow in our relationship with you. So we thank you so much, and we thank you for all who are tuned in. And we pray, Lord, you'll help us grow in our relationship with you. We thank you, Lord. Amen.
0: Amen. Again, you're tuned in to The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Patista, Nathan Jones with Lamb, Lion, Ministry. Again, we're talking about worthless vines, so we ask that you stay tuned in. Hey, those of you following us on social media, share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along with us. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host Nathan Jones to the program. Nate, it's great to have you on. Hey, brother.
1: Always good to be on here. Uh, we are so happy that you all tuned in to The Truth Will Set You Free. Hopefully, you're tuning in for the first time on the Pray.com app. As of uh, mid-September, we have started putting The Truth Will Set You Free, along with our ministry's TV show, Christ in Prophecy, on the Pray.com app. They say they have 13 million viewers and listeners using that app. So this is a fantastic opportunity to grow. If you are listening to us on the Pray.com app, then please uh, go to our website at ChristinProphecy.org, click contact, and let us know that you've connected with the ministry. We'd love to uh, give you more details about who we are, and uh, give you some free materials, and uh, help you get connected to Jesus. Our passion is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ, and we want to share that passion with you.
0: Oh, Nathan, that is very exciting. Yes, we encourage you all to check out this wonderful resources. Not only will you Find there are just a lot of wonderful resources for your library, but also information about upcoming conferences and programs. And Nathan, speaking of which, you're going to be doing a conference uh, live in the next few of uh, the next few weeks, or like a week or so.
1: Yes, on October eighth and 9th is our Lamb and Lion Ministries Regional Bible Prophecy Conference. We're teamed up with Emmanuel Bible Church in Three Springs, Pennsylvania, a very beautiful area of Pennsylvania, and uh, we're going to be talking about what in the world is God doing in world politics. Uh, Tim Moore, our director, and myself will be speaking. Uh, We also have um, uh, Mondo Gonzalez of Prophecy Watchers, uh, another TV show uh, most people are familiar with. We're going to have Al Gist of Maranatha Evangelistic Ministries, uh, all the way from Louisiana. I hear this is his first time in Pennsylvania. And uh, of course, our pastor Steve Heaster, who's our host. And so this is exciting. We're going to host this conference at the church, but we're also streaming it on our Christ and Prophecy YouTube channel. So if you can't come in person, which we'd love to have you there in Pennsylvania, then tune in to our Christ and Prophecy YouTube channel October 8th and 9th, and we will be streaming this conference, and we hope it'll bless you, and you will help you understand better what God is doing in world politics.
0: Oh, that is going to be very exciting. So thank you so much, Nathan, for sharing. That. And of course, if you are a pastor or a leader, if you, look, if you would want us to share a conference at your location, get a hold of us here ChristinProphecy.org. Nathan, talking about exciting things, you and I have been making our way to this amazing book of Ezekiel. And we have been uncovering so many amazing prophecies relating to Israel and also the future of the people of Israel, uh, both good and bad, according to Ezekiel, the prophet, uh, having to do with their behavior, having to do with their disobedience and obedience. And last week, you and I, excuse me, in our last program, we were talking about the importance of living righteous lives. Ah, uh, being a good example unto God and also obeying what God has called us to do. And when we were going through Ezekiel a number of times, Nathan, you brought out uh, a word that is very important, and that is persistence and disobedient, those two words. And that was the case with the uh, with the, with Israel. They were being persistently disobedient to what God had called them to do, and therefore a certain judgment was pronounced against them. And you and I have been going to Ezekiel, and and we noticed this. this is exciting, but it's also a challenging book.
1: Oh, it's very challenging. It's a, one of the darkest time periods in all of Israel's history. Uh, Moses had warned the Israelites that if they continued to, to defy God and be in rebellion against Him and chase after other gods instead of staying to their covenant and uh, living holy lives and leading the Gentiles to to Yahweh God. They instead chased after the false gods and the idols. And uh, God sent them prophets and warnings and messages that, hey, come back to me, come back to me. I want to restore a right relationship with you. But they refused. And just like Moses warned, uh, when that persistence would happen, that the people would be exiled out of the land. And that's what's happening in Ezekiel's time. We're about uh, 2,600 years ago. And uh, at the time, the Babylonians had finally defeated Judah and they had besieged Jerusalem and they had taken quite a number of captives, including young Ezekiel. He got taken out of Israel as well. And then while he was being taken up to Babylon, God approached him, uh, called him to be his prophet and then sent him back to Jerusalem to warn the, the remainders of the people there. What was left of the kingdom that, hey, you need to repent that uh, the time is at hand. And unfortunately, the people pretty much ignored Ezekiel. So through Ezekiel, then God gives messages, not only a warning, but he says, "Okay, Israel, as it's known, is done for now. Uh, There was promise that you will return from the exile. But most importantly, that a exalted remnant will rule and reign with Jesus, along with the church at the end of uh, the church age and into the millennial kingdom. So there's prophecies, not just for the tribulation uh, time period or that they were going through, but after the tribulation and then into the millennial kingdom, which is future to us. So uh, brother Ezekiel is just filled with fascinating prophecies.
0: I love it, Nathan. I love it. And you know, Nathan, as we look here at uh, at what God is working and what God is doing in these individuals, God's purpose for the Jewish people, much like God's purpose for the churches that we will bring about, that we will bring forth fruit, uh, good fruit, spiritual fruit, that we will be good examples. And when we stop to do that, well, we become sort of like worthless branches. And that's what we're going to notice here as we pick it up uh, in Ezekiel uh, chapter 15, the verses one Through Nate, would you be able to open us up reading verses 1 through 5, and I'll read verses 6 through 8, just in case someone doesn't have a Bible so they can follow along with us.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, folks, please open up your Bibles to Ezekiel 15, or open up your app, as I'm doing here. And then (laughs) (laughs) Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, how is the wood of the vine better than any other wood? The vine branch which is among the trees of the forest, is wood taken from it to make any object? Or can men make a peg from it to hang any vessel on? Instead, it is thrown into the fire for fuel. The fire devours both ends of it, and its middle is burned. Is it useful for any work? Indeed, when it was whole, no object could be made from it. How much less will it be useful for any work when the fire has devoured it and it is burned?
0: Well, verse six says, therefore, thus says the Lord God, like the wood of the vine among the trees of the forest, which I have given to the fire for fuel. So I will give up the inhabitants of Jerusalem and I will set my face against them. They will go out from one fire, but another fire shall devour them. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. When I set my face against them, thus I make the land desolate because they have persisted. Unfaithfulness says the Lord God and there it is again, right Nathan the persistence unfaithfulness and disobedience
1: Yeah, it just it was endless. It wasn't that God gave them a, a second chance He had given them a hundredth chance and a thousandth chance again and again and again Why because God was in a covenant relationship with Israel they were to be his people they were to be his uh, like a uh, living Uh, I guess as Christians, you know that people say, oh, we're like little Christ. In other words, we're little examples of Jesus. The Israelites were supposed to be little examples of Yahweh God and go out and, and give the law to the people and bring morality to the world. And instead, they became just as evil as their neighbors, chance after chance after chance. And so here, God is comparing the Israelites, which they had already been taken by Assyria in 722 B.C. So this is the, the two southern tribes of Judah and Benjamin. That's all that's left. And he's comparing them to the vines. And, you know, you don't usually use vines for anything. Uh, you might tie something up with it if you're a real artsy type person or a woodsman. But uh, <laughs> it's really only good for kindling, for fire. And that's what he's saying here. He says, hey, you guys have become so worthless. You're not even wood. You're the vine. you're the kindling. You're what's worth just throwing away And, uh, of course, now the Lord will always keep a remnant like Ezekiel and Daniel at his time period and others who will remain in the faith. But for the most part, the Israelites had sinned so much and for so long that God said, that's it. It's a purging time and uh, you're all going on the fire, so to speak.
0: Yeah, good point. And oftentimes in the Bible, God has used certain illustrations speaking about God's people and here pertaining to a vine. And as we look at Isaiah chapter five. Uh, verses 1 through 7, we see again this correlation of God's purpose for his people, that they were to bring fruit, that they were to be an example, that their lives uh, were to bring forth, if you will, the spiritual fruit that will make people, in a sense, jealous and draw them to God. But instead, they were driving people away. And Isaiah chapter 5, verses 1 through 7, gives us a a wonderful analogy there uh, of what we're referring to in Ezekiel chapter 15, Uh, Nathan, I'm going to take Isaiah there, chapter five, uh, verses uh, one through three. Would you mind doing uh, four through seven just in case someone doesn't have a Bible? Absolutely. Let's read it. Yeah. Isaiah chapter five, beginning on verse one says, now let me sing to my well beloved a song of my beloved regarding his vineyard. My well beloved has a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. He dug it up and cleared out its stones and planted it with a choice vine. He built a tower in, in, in its midst and also made a wine press in it. So he expected it to bring forth good grapes, but it brought forth uh, wild grapes. Verse 3, and now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, please, between me and my vineyard. Pick it up in verse 4.
1: What more could have been done to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Why then would I expect it to bring forth good grapes that it bring forth wild grapes? And now please let me tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away its hedge, and it shall be burned, and break down its wall, and it shall be trampled down, I will lay it waste that shall not be pruned or dug, but there shall come up briars and thorns, and I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain on it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel. The men of Judah are his pleasant plant. He looked for justice, but uphold oppression for righteousness, but behold, a cry for help.
0: Wow, and Nathan, what a what a wonderful correlation there with what you what you had just shared with us in Ezekiel chapter 15 verses 1 through 8. In other words, God has certain expectations for his people, much like God has certain ex- expectation for us as a church, for us as believers, right Nathan, and oftentimes, you know, people don't think that there's a, a responsibility. They think, well, I am a Christian, i come to Christ, and therefore I can behave whichever way I want, and I can continue to do uh, whatever uh, whatever lifestyles I choose. But the reality is it doesn't work like that, right, Nathan? There are certain expectations that are expected with the blessings that we have received. Yes,
1: absolutely. And, and Isaiah here is about 100 years or a little over 100 years before we come to Ezekiel's time. But it's the same thing. Again, this was a cry from the Lord, a call for the people to repent and return him. He says, hey— You're, and of course, this is an agrarian society, and wine was a big thing, grapes were a big thing, so the people would understand the analogy. He's saying, You're like a vineyard. You know, what does a vineyard take? It takes cultivating of the dirt and taking the rocks out and planting them and stringing up the vines and making sure the insects are off them and and picking the fruit. There's a lot of work involved. But he says, Every time I came to cultivate, you guys want to grow wild. You guys, you know, berries, wild berries are. Uh, bitter and and small wild grapes and they're not very tasty and so he says you know you produce bad fruit you're supposed to you know grow and be beautiful but you guys just won't grow right and uh, so he said you know now it's time and why are they not growing right verse 7 it says here he looked for justice God looks for justice but behold he only found oppression and righteousness only a cry for help now during Isaiah's time there was another prophet that was at the same time the minor prophet Micah and Micah accused Jerusalem of the same things. He had a number of charges against him. He says, uh, had a charge that they oppressed the poor. So again, these are kind of what we call social justice things here. They were, the rich oppressed the poor in Jerusalem. Uh, the leaders had an unscrupulous use of power. They abused their power. They were very corrupt. His third charge was that they had a lack of integrity. They, they just did not have good character whatsoever. Uh, the prophets charged for it. Uh, proclaim the name of God, but greedily for money and charge number five, that they, the people heeded the false prophets. They didn't listen to the prophets that came from God. They listened to the false prophets that told them lies that everything's good. And God won't, won't come and punish sin or anything like that. And brother, it's, it's no different today. We have the same oppression, the same corruption. And matter of fact, I don't know about you, but it seems like every level of government is coming out corrupt right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Nathan, let's not get too much into that, right? Because, wow, it's really uh, society as a whole. Uh, we see how um, little fruit is coming forth from those that are supposed to be doing right. And I'm um, and sad to say that even the, the church is finding itself getting wrapped up in these weeds, if you will. Uh, and yet the Lord expects us to bring forth fruit. That's why, that's why we're here. That's why Jesus died at the cross. That's why he shed his blood uh, for us that we will be different in the world, that also his people, that was God's intention for them. And Nathan, uh, w- what a wonderful thing is when we look at the cross, uh, what it means, what, what what it means to us. And, and so oftentimes we get so out of focus and so out of whack and so wrapped up. With the cares of this world, that it chokes out God's purpose uh, for why we're here and people get disillusioned and they get distracted, they get greedy. Uh, we find that that's so much what's happening in our society today and that's because oftentimes we're disconnected from the true source of life, which is Jesus. and Nathan, that that's a wonderful analogy in the New Testament that we find in the Gospel of John. As we are, again, are considering, as we're talking about vines and branches and staying connected to that the source so that we can bring about uh, forth fruit. Will you be able to take us there, Nathan, to John chapter 15 and read for us verses one and six, just in case someone doesn't have a Bible?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, hopefully you have a Bible. Hey, if you want a Bible, this is a good time to plug it. Our Lamb and Lion app, available on all major devices, has a Bible built into it. It'll even read the verses to you, which is pretty awesome. So everybody should have an opportunity to have a Bible especially if you have a smartphone or smart device. So there's my plug. All right, John 15. I, says Jesus, am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, Neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches, and he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned.
0: Hmm. Nathan, actually, uh, this is what an important verse. And actually, thank you for sharing the plug there regarding having the word, having the app to download because it's the word of God that washes us clean. Uh, And and I love this analogy here. You know, we we have to stay connected uh, to the Lord so that we can bring forth much fruit. And Nathan, we see so many people getting disconnected. They're connecting into the wrong things. They're drying up and they don't even see it. And yet here we have this amazing analogy of the importance of us being staying plugged into the real source spiritually that will allow us to bring forth fruit. Right.
1: And and the Lord continues. Again, he's still dealing with an agrarian society that would understand vine dressing. Uh, So the Lord is using the same with every generation. The same analogy is that, hey, you know, think of me as the, the vineyard owner. I am taking care of you. all. I'm helping you grow and flourish and produce good fruit. But when you won't follow what I've set up, then you're gonna grow wild and you're gonna be useless. And what are useless things they're, they're thrown into the fire? And brother, uh, that is not just a story for Israel. It's not for the first century here that Jesus is speaking. It's for every generation because every generation is a harvest of souls meant to fill the Lord's kingdom one day. Uh, when he returns and sets up the millennial kingdom, uh, the church age and Old Testament saints will rule and reign with Jesus. And then the millennial saints will get saved and will live on into the eternal state and rule and reign with the Lord. These are the crops. These are the good fruit that the Lord's harvesting to exist with him. I was watching an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond with my wife, an old repeat, and their daughter had gone up and asked them, what is the meaning of life? Why did God put us here? And it was kind of a funny episode because nobody could answer that, even though they were supposed to be a good Catholic family. But, you know, it was so obvious and the answer is so easy, and but people miss it when they're not reading their Bibles, and they're they're missing it because the Lord has created us to dwell with Him and bask in His glory and in fellowship. I mean, that's that's amazing. We are made to be God's companions, and that's a beautiful and wonderful thing. And while we're on this earth, we serve the Lord, and we we bring other people to know Him as their Savior, so they too can can know God's glory. So it's. We have purpose in life when we're Christians. So many people out there, oh, what's the purpose of life? I don't know. There's no meaning.
0: Absolutely,
1: Mm -hmm. there's meaning. We were created by our creator to have fellowship with him and bask in his glory. Just awesome glory.
0: Nathan, you made a very good point because there's so many people Drifting through life, exactly. They think that their life is that important, that it doesn't matter. And we have so many people today committing suicide, uh, especially young people cutting themselves and drugs and alcohol. And even right now, as we're doing this program, maybe there's some young person that is tuned in right now, and the enemy has been lying to them, speaking lies into their hearts and their minds, uh, that they're worthless, that they're no good, that they have no purpose, and yet you just read for us here that God's purpose is for us to bring forth fruit. But that comes about, Nathan, with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, because like you just read here in John 15, apart from him, we really can't do nothing, right? Oh, that's an excellent point. You're right. We can't
1: do it on our own power. Matter of fact, even that we are saved is because the Holy Spirit nudged our hearts and drew us towards him. And uh, therefore, when he says abide, it's it's like uh, my daughter uh, had a birthday recently and we got her some cut flowers and we put them in water and put them in a vase. And for two weeks, they looked great. But after a while, they looked pretty bad. I mean, they were dead to begin with. But, you know, you can abide for a little while without God. And that's what this world is doing right now. It's totally cut off. Or there are flowers in a vase, totally cut off from roots that would continually nourish it. Looks good for a little while but will eventually die. And that's the same thing here. The Lord says he is the source of life and we need to abide in him. In other words, we need to remain faithful and obedient to him, uh, stay in that
0: relationship
1: with him. Otherwise, like those cut flowers, we might look good for a little while, but we will eventually die and be tossed out.
0: Hmm. What a great point, Nathan. Again, for those of you that just tuned in, you're tuned into a Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. We're looking at Ezekiel chapter 15, talking about worthless vines, but also talking about the importance of us having a relationship with God and staying plugged into Him. If you are tuned into our program and you're following us on uh, Pray.com app, again, we'd love for you guys to uh, just reach out to us. If you are in need of anything, we'd love to be able to uh, help you out, especially if you're struggling right now and you find yourself in a spiritually uh, uh, dim condition, if you will. Nathan, we're sharing this program to encourage people. God has a plan and a purpose uh, for individuals. We know that, uh, again, you have these, these branches, if you will, that are dead, that will be burned up, that they're worthless and they're useless. But as we've been sharing, that's because they have disconnected from the source. And what we're encouraging people is to stay connected to the source. And that is, again, uh, the word of God, prayer, and a relationship with Jesus. And overall, Nathan, God wants us to bring about uh, much fruit. Uh, there's a parable, though, Nathan, as we're talking about uh, the end of the worthless things. is the parable of the kingdom that is found in Matthew chapter uh, 13, verses 24 through 30. And, and also, it likens uh, these uh tears uh you know here in florida we have grass that we plant and oftentimes when it rains a lot especially in the rainy season these other things start to filter through that look like plants but they're not they're yeah. weak <laughs> and and i don't know if that happens in uh in texas as well nathan but they both look alike but one is really worthless Uh, And and we find this parable in Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 through 30 regarding the kingdom. And and we're going to go ahead and read it just so that people can see the analogies here of the worthless things uh, as opposed to the things that bring forth fruit. Nate, will you be able to take us there and read for us verses 24 through 27? And I'll finish uh, verses uh, 28 through 30. Sure. Starting with verse 24.
1: Another parable he, Jesus, put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares or weeds among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the weeds also appeared. So the servant of the owner came into it and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in the field? How then does it have tares?
0: And verse he said to them, an enemy has done this. The servant said to him, do you want us to then go and gather them up? But he said, no, lest while you go up the the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let them both grow together unto the harvest. And at the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them up, but gather the wheat into the barn. Uh, another interesting parable, right, Nathan, regarding the things that are have value and those things that are kind of worthless. Yes, and it explains too, like why
1: is there so much evil in the world? It's called the problem of evil in the apologetic circles. Why is there some? Why doesn't God do about something about it? Well, the Bible prophesies that yes, absolutely, He will do something about it. But if He did something about it now, He would pull up the wheat along with the weeds. In other words, to destroy evil he would end up destroying good at the same time. That's why the Bible teaches in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1 Corinthians 15 and other passages that the Lord one day will call all believers, which we call the church, all Christians, up to be with him in heaven before he releases his wrath upon the world in a seven-year tribulation time period, just like the flood meant to judge the world for its sins. So yes, all this evil we're seeing, God will punish, but he won't do that until he makes sure that the wheat aren't destroyed along with the tares and that brother is why we're waiting.
0: Nathan, I love that analogy. And that's why we believe in the rapture of the church. We are the remnant. We are that thing of value. We are the salt of the earth. We're still those preservative agents making a difference. But when our time is up, we're going to be called up to be with the Lord. And then the chaff, the worthless things, God is going to deal with those. And this is why we want you to understand that God loves you, that you have worth that you have value and it starts with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and, and he's the one that adds value to you as he grants you eternal life. So Nathan maybe for that person that is tuned in uh, to our program maybe through thepray dot or some other way and they don't have a relationship with the Lord would you be able to share with them how they can start the relationship even right now?
1: Oh absolutely well remember that John 316 says for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life john 3 36 is another passage that most people kind of skip over but he says he who believes in the son has everlasting life in other words he abides in him the source of life but he who does not believe the son shall not see life these are the people that are cut off because the wrath of god abides on him so there's only two states in life and sadly most people go through life thinking that there's three states you are uh, born good and you did some bad stuff and you're heading off to hell or you're in this middle state where you're you're balanced between heaven and hell and you're going to neither that's not the truth the bible says either you're born for everlasting life or you're born for everlasting wrath you're cut off from the source of life well, we don't want you to be cut off from the source of life so put your faith in jesus christ he died for your sins he beat death by resurrecting from the dead. And when you put your faith and trust in him, you will be saved. And if you believe that, then pray from your heart, something like, dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Uh, I need a savior, Lord. Please save me from my sins and be the Lord and savior of my life. Jesus promises your sins will be forgiven. The guilt will be washed away and you will inherit eternal life with
0: him. What a wonderful gift, Nathan. Thank you so much for sharing that. Hey, if we want to encourage you. If you pray that prayer for the first time, reach out to us. Go to the website, christinprophecy.org. Let us know that you received the Lord. We would love to send you some wonderful information so that you can continue to grow in your relationship with Jesus. Find a Bible teaching church. Get plugged in. Get baptized. Let them know you accepted Jesus and continue to grow and stay plugged into the Lord, that wonderful source that will allow you to bring forth much fruit. Nathan, thank you so much for sharing that wonderful message of encouragement with our listeners.
1: Oh, brother, thank you uh, for picking the topic this week. It's a great topic. Very important. I hope that all of us will take it to heart.
0: Awesome, man. Awesome. Man. And it's it's really great to be able to encourage people in the word. Hey, we want to encourage you guys, make your way, continue to make your way through Ezekiel as we have, as we're doing so ourselves and so that you can be encouraged. We pretty much ran out of time for this segment of the program. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones with Lambline Ministry, saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Nathan, thank you so much for joining us. God bless you all. Can you everyone having a great week. May the Lord bless you.